Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I asked um, Quinn, Quinn, come, come share a little bit. And I got the share time from, you know, 1 Corinthians 14. But it says, if a revelation is made to another sitting there, let, let the first person be silent. For, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And I encourage you guys, teachers, uh, those of you who are digging in the word, this is for others to learn. So as something is uncovered to you, as it's uncovered to you, it's not just for you. It's for the edification of the, bo- the body of Christ. And so I encourage you, bring your teacher. So he called me up. He said, Jay, this has transformed my life. And I'm like, bro, sh- share that from the word. And so he's going to bring that, and we're going to open up the word, and we're going to learn together. And then I'm going to unpack further even what he's going to talk about. So, man, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, okay, whatever you want, mate. All right. Here we go. Um, like Jay said, my name's Quinn, um, and just kind of want to step in with y'all to something that, like he said, has just completely changed my life, and um, as he said, just, you know, the, really the Spirit coming in us and walking in the Spirit, um, I had not heard that, and so, but before I kind of want to jump into a story of how I even got here and sharing this message, uh, really started like five years ago, and um, I was trying to play professional football, um, got an opportunity to go down with the Dallas Cowboys, and some amazing opportunities to open the doors to even get there. And man, I could not have played worse. Um, I played quarterback. I'm left-handed. Might as well have done with my right hand. It was, it was that bad. So inevitably, I get cut and I come home. And um, I was kind of met with this frequent saying when I got back. And um, it was, you know, well, hey, it just must not have been the Lord's will for you, for you to be there. And um, I get it now, you know, like, hey, it's kind of a quick conversation or someone's just trying to kind of let you down easy, you know, so that's what was said. But that's why I got said to me over and over and over. And I'm like, yep, you know, you're right. It just must have been Lord's will that I'm not, I wasn't there. Um, and it really kind of took my wife and my mother-in-law to really kind of challenge me on that and be like, hey, like, what was going on there actually? And was that the Lord's will? And so I'm not saying that it, it wasn't God's will for me to be there or it was, but there was definitely some things going on that now I look back and I see those things were definitely not God's will that were going on with me, right? So if you ask me what was going on there, I was anxious. I was self-doubting. Like, I could, I could not see myself playing well. Like, I was fearful of man, of the coaches. Just the list goes on. And I think everyone can kind of have those things that, like, it also applies to, whether that's depression or anger or, um, you know, just a number of things. And so it really made me deep dive into, okay, I'm experiencing something that, um, or something happened to me that like the Lord says not to. He says, don't be anxious about anything. So how can that happen? And why is it, you know, why is this thing like kind of wrecking this moment of my life? And so I went, I went deep into it and really just went back to the word and found, you know, um, just starting with like, who am I, you know, and who does God say I am? And so started looking at like, well, what does he, who does God say I am? I'm saying that I'm anxious. I'm saying I'm nervous. I'm saying I'm all these things. Um, But when I look, it says, I'm God's temple and his spirit lives in me. Um, It says then that if the Holy Spirit lives in me, then I am, the 
I am the fruits of the Spirit then, so I'm not anxious, I'm love, I'm peace, I'm joy, I'm all these things. And um, so then I looked and I was like, well, okay, what does God want for us then? And I see and I'm like, I see blessings and good things, um, not, not stealing or, or putting things on you, but he says that he wants abundance. And I'm like, that's not what I'm experiencing. Where, where is this disconnect and why is that um, what's occurring? It says uh, he wants us to have peace and not evil to give you future and a hope. It says everything my hand touches should prosper. And so I'm like, okay, well, if this isn't what's going on with me, then is there something that could be going on that's coming against this, you know, that's, that's kind of robbing me of this? And then I look and, like, you know, we've all heard of the enemy, Satan. So it's like I look at Scripture and I see that, well, we're supposed to wear the armor of God. Like, we're supposed to, if I'm wearing armor, it's because I'm, I'm fighting. Like, I'm going into attack right? That's the only reason I'm putting on armor or I'm playing a football game. I put on pads like it's because someone's going to hit me. Um, and so then it, I'm like, okay, well, what does it say that Satan's trying to do to me? And that's where I found it. And it says, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, I look at the story of uh, Jesus when he meets, he meets a demon-possessed man and uh, Jesus casts the demons out of this man. And probably a number of you have heard this story, but it goes into a herd of pigs. What do the pigs do? They immediately run off the cliff. Suicide. Like, so let's not get it twisted of like what, what he's trying to do. Like, that is the goal for us. That's what I was experiencing, right? I look and I'm like, this is what I'm experiencing. I'm experiencing death. And, and, and he's stealing my joy, stealing my peace. And... Um, so my question, I guess, would be for you all, like, maybe where are you all being attacked? Like, that, at that time in my life, that was the attack in my life. But, like, you know, as I, speak, as I tell you this journey, like, where is he attacking you? Is it your family? Is it your mind? Is it your joy, your peace, your health? Um, and so then it, I'm, I'm very, like, practical. So it's kind of like, well, what do I do with this, right? So I know now, like, okay there's an enemy, right? And, and he's attacking. Well, what can I do with this? What can I do with um, the scripture and what it says? And so I see it says there's power of, power of the tongue. And so, okay, there's, it says there's life and death in the power of the tongue, actually. And then it talks about renewing my mind daily. And so that's what I started doing. I started with my mouth speaking these promises of what it says of who I am. I'm an overcomer. I'm all these things that I just said that I'm the fruits of the spirit. And I replaced lies that say I'm anxious, that I'm depressed, that I'm angry, that I'm whatever it may be. I replace it with truth. And so I just started doing that. And, but you'd be amazed at how much the enemy is trying to attack our minds. So for me, Lily, that started with probably a hundred times a day that that thought comes up. No. And I replace it with truth. I'm not an anxious person. No, I'm an overcome. And, and I started having about two or three verses in each of these areas that I just started practically leaning on and speaking over and over and over. And then it went from 100 times a day to 50 times a day to 10 times a day to, oh, actually, I know that now. That's part of me. That is, that is my truth that I stand on. And I don't, I don't have to deal with that anymore, actually. And it transformed my life. And then now I see, oh, in other ways, okay, this is how I can stand practically and look. These are the things that are attacking me. How can I look at the word and see, oh, 
what does God's love say about this? What does his word say about this? And as I started looking more and more, I understood his character more, his love more. All of that was revealed to me. And then um, I looked at Jesus and I said, well, how does he speak? And um, Mark, 11, 20, uh, Mark 11, 23 through 24 really kind of changed it for me. It said, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, whatever he says. And so, but, but I also saw that because we're children of God, we inherited something, right? So I was, I was nothing before, right? But then now I'm a, a follower of God, that, that changes something. So now actually I have, I have spiritual authority. I have power in me. I have the same spirit that rose Christ from the, from the dead that uh, healed the sick, that fed the 5,000, all of that is in me now. So I'm like, man, like, I'm, a, I'm kind of a powerhouse now, like, that, that I have that in me. Um, and then I look, though, but it says specifically to speak to the mountain. So he's given me this thing. So now when anxiousness attacks, like, it's, I don't have to sit there and it's like, oh, Lord, if it's your will, please, please take this. No. Right? Like, I already know his will because I know him, because I know the Father now. So anxiousness, in Jesus' name, you got to go. Depression, you got to go. You, you, you do not have the right to stand here, right? Um, so that, that, for me, was like, it was life-changing. And that's really just what I wanted to share with you all today, that um, just diving in, I think it's just a practical way that I wanted to share with you all that's changed my, wife, my, my life for my wife and I, of just having those scriptures to lean on um, so that you know God's love, you know God's character. And then the beautiful thing is that um, now that we have that power because of who we are in Christ, we can do this for everyone, right? So now I can go to my brother or my sister and say, hey, what's going on? Like, I, I know it's like, hey, that's, that's, not, that's not God's will. No, no, no. We actually know that that's an attack of the enemy and now we have something to stand on and actually fight against it instead of just, I was believing the greatest lie, Right? It was Satan attacking me, and I'm saying, or I'm being told at least, right? Well, this is just the Lord's will for you. So what, I just stood in passivity, right? I can't find it, fight it, but now through this word, we have something to fight on that can actually really change our lives and change the lives of others. So, thanks, dude. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, dude. I want to dive even further into some of what he's talking about. And for some of, some of us in the room, you listen to that, you're like, that's, that's too simple. That's just too simple. Like, I don't know that just telling myself the truth can really transform anything. That's too simple. And for those of us who probably think it's too simple, and I've been there, I understand that, that that replay in my mind over and over and over sent me down into a deeper, darker hole. And for me personally, I look for the medicine to stop that versus speaking the truth to that. Some of us look for the medicine. That's why we found medicine maybe in a bottle. We found medicine in a girl or a guy. We found medicine in different kinds of bottles. We found di different medicine all over the place to silence a lot of the thing in our mind we wish would leave us, but we don't know how to leave. But I'm telling you, all those things came against Jesus in the same way. But here's the difference. He knew the truth and he used it as a sword. And the enemy left and was silent 
And so we have to receive the truth, and it's much more simple than I think many of us have made it or ever heard about. We've had baptism the past couple weeks. It's been awesome. I want to just give everyone a hand who's been like stepped in. There's two observances that the church is commanded to observe. I don't know if you know this. Baptism is the, is the first. And in order to join the body of Christ, the door has to be opened. And Jesus says, look, I'm the door and I'm standing there and I'm knocking on your door. I'm the door and I'm knocking as well. And if you will open to me, I will come in and share a meal with you. And so Jesus is the door that we actually walk through in order to have what Quinn is talking about. Jesus is the door. And when you call on the name Jesus, you are saved. Baptism is, I am losing my life and I'm raised to walk in faith with him. I'm joining this thing with him. You're born into the body of Christ. The second observance is communion, where we remember the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Many of us have sat in church and we've never heard, we've taken this cracker and we've taken this juice and we've been like, what did I just do, you know? And I just want to talk about what the heck does this thing mean? And this came to me in a very unique way. I know that God really wants to do something special today because of this. Me and TC are talking how to plan today. And we're like, yo, the two observances we have to observe, baptism, now we got to teach the next observance, which is the Lord's Supper. And then literally that day, Miss Debbie sends me a message and is like, hey, we had a conversation. I got a message for you to hear. And when I listened to this message, it's about the Lord's Supper. And I was like, oh my goodness. And frankly, when I tell you like, I'm growing in grace alongside of you, I don't, I don't know everything. I don't. And when I listened to this teaching, I was like, yes, that's, I know this, but like, it's also like, wow, like, <laughs> that's so simple. And yes, of course. And I, I want to bring some of that to us today. And I want to share a little bit more. Before we take this, I want to talk to the person in the room um, who's been saved Paul finds a group of disciples on the road in Acts. I think it's Acts 19. And in Acts 19, he finds these disciples and they're going around and they're doing, I guess, like Jesus' work. I don't know how he was like, I don't know what they were doing. He meets them. And he gets to a conversation with them and he says, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they're like, well, we never heard about the Holy Spirit. And he's like, well, what were you baptized into? Baptism is just a, a symbol of rebirth. So it's like when you have a, a revelation or you um, have a spiritual awakening, this was the symbol of a spiritual awakening. They had a spiritual awakening to repentance. And they said, John taught us this. And John was saying, hey guys, turn from your own efforts and work and prepare for the one who's gonna baptize you with fire. Prepare for this one. I don't know his name, but I'll know him when I see him pretty much because God told me when I baptize this guy, the Holy Spirit's gonna come on him like a dove and I'm gonna know who the guy is. So when John sees Jesus, he baptized Jesus and he goes, this is truly the son of God who's gonna baptize a fire. Here we go. This is him. If you were baptized 
or if you came into the idea that to follow Jesus, I'm just going to start to obey him and change my efforts and I'm gonna do on my own work to follow this guy, I wanna tell you there is more to the gospel than you changing your own life and effort. You must be baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ and his efforts for you. The gospel is that Jesus accomplished everything and is the Holy One who extends righteousness to the unrighteous, which is every single one of us. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us deserve it. I don't care if you were better than everybody you ever knew. Your good deeds are filthy rags before God. Jesus Christ is the only Holy One who ever walked the face of the earth, and He was God in the flesh. And he died for you to be declared holy and righteous. If you will receive that and the free gift of God's love in your life through Jesus' work, you will be saved. Receive it. Then be baptized into his name and then come and walk with him with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Then Paul lays his hands on these people and they receive the Holy Spirit and they begin to prophesy. They begin to be filled with God's gifts and they begin to do his work in power. Our lives were meant to be powerhouse, but not because we're a powerhouse, but because we serve a powerhouse God that fills our life. Come on. That's why I'm so excited for, for y'all because like this is powerhouse. Y'all are powerhouse and I love it. So listen, if you need to make that decision, I wanna talk to you after. Don't let another day go by. Let's talk about that, okay? And if you got questions, you're like, Jay, I think you're crazy. I wanna talk to you too. And you can tell me all you think and we can have a theological discussion. I would love it. I love it. I got nothing to hide. So would you do, do that with me? And uh, before we go further, would you pray with me? How do you need God to talk to you? Tell him, just say, God, would you talk to me today? Father, we're just gonna open up your word now. And God, I pray that you would make it plain. Make it, make it simple the way it is, because it is so simple. And God, just meet everyone in this room where we need it because we all need it just so different, but you're so kind to us. And Lord, I pray that you would just, just move me in the background and, and you just use this little vessel for your glory. And Lord, we're just so thankful for these truths. And Lord, I pray for your, your spirit to illuminate to us everything that needs illumination. Reveal to us the truth which will set us free. Father, we're thankful to do this together. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this starts off in Exodus 12. And in Exodus 12, we have the nation of Israel being delivered from the tyrannical uh, Egyptians. The Egyptians have enslaved them, worked them to the bone, and God says, I'm about to deliver you guys. But here's what I want you to do in order to be delivered. You need to find a baby lamb, and it's a brutal process where this lamb gives its life up for these people and this lamb is sacrificed and they take the blood and they put it over the doorpost. And the, the, the command in Exodus 12 is that you take this entire lamb and you and your family don't leave a bit unconsumed. You must consume the entire lamb. Significant. Consume the whole thing. Don't leave a piece not consumed. Then fast forward to where Jesus takes the scene and he stands up before this massive crowd of people and he's super famous. He goes, hey, y'all, I'm gonna give y'all a teaching now. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. If you don't do that, you're not gonna have life within you. 
I know if I said something crazy like that, ain't nobody showing up next week, you know? Like, think about that. Like, you're following this guy. You're like, this guy's amazing. And then all of a sudden, he's like, drink my blood. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, whiz got weird, <laughs> you know? I mean, really, like, I love the word because it's, like, comedic as well. You're like, man, the disciples are like, oh, we were getting so famous. It was working. We were going to be kings. We're going to go back fishing, man. You ready? Like, we'd go back to our old job. Like, I quit. And it's like, Jesus sees this on their face. You know, like the dad, like, man, it could have been different, you know? And he sees it on him. He goes, hey, you guys want to leave too? And they're like, we've gone this far. We done lost our houses. We lost everything. We gave up everything for you. And now you're talking about drinking blood, shoot. But I think in the background, he's like, man, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. I mean, you know the word. We've heard it our whole lives. You don't get it. But I think today, like, I think, like, we're just as confused today as that, that moment when Jesus says something like that. I think everybody's like, shoot, gosh, man, well, how are we going to do that? Drink his blood and eat his body? This is weird. So if you're new here and you're like, gosh, I didn't know I was walking into something crazy, it's okay. Just give a second, okay? It's not as weird as you think, I promise. But it is at the same time. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Like, I don't think anybody can make this up. Like, it's just, it's wild. Let's dive into this a little bit. Then fast forward where the church of Corinth is, which is the book we've been in, we've been talking about. The church of Corinth is observing this meal. And I, I want to preface this. We get these tiny little things, but when this, when this happened, it was really like one giant loaf of bread they made and then everybody would come and you would break off a piece of the one loaf and you would have one cup and we would not have individual cups and we wouldn't have individual wafers. So we do this for a symbol, but understand this Bible is going to refer to something maybe a little different. So just take that in context. This is what it was going to look like, okay? So you fast forward to this church and we're gonna be in, in 1 Corinthians 11, we're gonna be in 14, we're gonna be in 10. But we're gonna start out in 11 but I want to preface this. When we come into this church, this church is getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. Come on now, anybody want to get drunk at church? I mean, the church is, I mean, think about this. Y'all like, listen, listen. The early church was filled with people who were into all kind of crazy stuff before Jesus. So they were coming out of their kind of life where it was dog eat dog. Like, you think it's bad now. Like, the Roman rule was a beast. And if you were poor, you were considered nothing. So you've got rich and you've got poor and you've got people who think they're better than you and you've got people that eat a certain thing, that worshiped idols, that were prostitutes, that are still prostituting. And he's like, y'all, don't get drunk at the Lord's Supper. There's some hungry people there. Come on now, eat before you come. This is a symbol. Don't you know what this is? There's all kind of crazy stuff going on in the church. And he tells that church, hey, guys, don't sleep with prostitutes anymore. It's just not what we should do. Don't you know that your body is, is joined with Christ and you're joining his body with a prostitute? That can't happen. Let's dive into that teaching a little bit. So then he begins to remind them about this meal because, hey, guys, we need to clarify the meal is getting out of balance. So let's understand what it is. Can we understand that, what it is today? I pray that this comes alive for us. And we're going to pick it up in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 32. 
And guys, I wanna prep, like there's a little bit of reading today. I don't usually teach like this, but I think it's so important as we continue. I really wanna understand some things together as we continue. He says, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. This is important. He received a word from the Lord and we're gonna understand that here in a minute. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new promise, the new covenant, my guarantee, which is in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's what we're doing. We're recognizing, we're remembering the Lord's death until he comes again. Man, it's transformed my life. I know it's transformed your life. And we're declaring it. Every time we get together and we have this, we're declaring, we're remembering what Jesus has done. Whoever therefore, listen to this, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and the, tr- and, the, and the drink in the cup. So listen, examine yourself. He's not saying, hey, listen, you guys are unworthy, so you're not worthy to step up to the table. He's like, no, nah, examine yourself and let that examination push you toward the table. It should push you toward the table, not away from the table. Because you examine yourself, you realize, yo, I really need Jesus. Anybody in the room start examining yourself and look in the mirror and you're like, I need some saving. Anybody, come on now, like, I lived this week. I saw y'all last week, but man, like, I need some saving, y'all. Like, I've been saved. Thank you, God, for your grace. So let it drive you to the table today. That's what he's saying. But examine yourself. Don't come here quickly. Examine. Let a person examine himself. Then so eat the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. He says, that is why Listen to this. That's why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. This is serious. That's why some of you guys got ill inside. We haven't discerned the body. What what does it mean to discern the body? But when we are judged, he says, but if we judge ourselves truly, listen to this, if you judge yourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Say, listen, like if God's dealing with your heart, it's because he loves you and he don't want you condemned. God loves you so much. Is God dealing with you? That's okay. But we've got to judge ourselves truly, rightly. So if you're saying, hey, listen, I'm not sick because I got sin in my life. Listen to me, listen to me. First John says, if you say you have no sin in your life, you fool yourself and you're lying to yourself. Listen to me. Look around this room. If you thought you were the only jacked up person, you got it wrong, big dog. We all jacked up. Some of us don't know it. Some of us know it more than others. You walked into a room full of jacked up people, growing in grace together, being transformed like Quinn said, day by day by day. From what we talked about last week, from glory to glory. We're moving, we're growing together. It's okay to grow together. Anybody want to leave yet? 
But listen to me, like, I think there's something to be said in this. Like what Quinn talked about, like he's saying judgment, like illness and judgment. (laughs) Judge yourselves rightly. Judge yourselves truly. Come to him for healing. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring healing in our minds and our bodies. I never see one person that Jesus didn't heal. I never see it. I wish I did. I never see it. Never see anyone that he was like, you know what? Not really. You know what he does say to a town that doesn't believe in him? He says he didn't heal many people because they didn't believe him. He only healed a few people. But he never, he never rejected somebody's healing. If you come to Jesus and need healing, I I guarantee you it's there. Healing is there. It's in Jesus. That's his hardest to bring healing in your life. Healing in your soul. Healing in your emotion. Healing in your mind. Healing in your family. Healing in your neighborhood. Healing in this church. Healing everywhere you go. That's his heart. That's his heart. So I want to grab hold of his heart. I want to receive that over my life. And I want it to manifest through my life. So everywhere I go, healing happens. It's not just for me, it's for you. So let's discern. Everybody discerns the blood. Listen, like we all think about the blood. The blood was poured out. The lamb was killed so that our, forgive, our sins could be forgiven. That's great. And, and I believe everyone does that so well. But have we discerned the body? What is Paul talking about when he's saying the body? Have you ever discerned what the bread means? His body, which is broken, very true. But I think Paul actually says that there's more. Look at what he says just a few chapters before in chapter 10, verse 16 and 17. He says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? And listen to what 17 says. And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. What is he saying? He's saying, yes, this is a representation of Jesus Christ. But when, listen, when you are buried into Christ, you come out and raised to walk inside of him. Now his life is connected with your life. Who are you? We've talked about this. We are a part of the body of Christ. You're like, what? Did you know who you are? You've been reborn into Jesus Christ's body. Do you know the connotations of what this means for you? We are many members, but we are one in Christ's body. This is what we've been talking about. That's a revelation for some people in the room. I know it. I feel that. What is our participation? Let's go back even a couple of weeks what we've been talking about. Chapter 12, it says, now here's what you participate. Here's what it looks like. To each is given a manifestation of spirit for what? Remember this verse? For what? For what purpose? The common good. Every single one of us becomes a part of Jesus for the common good of the others in the body so that you grow up. And this is what we talked about. We've been talking about it for weeks, but I want to only expand on it so you know maybe who you are. If the leg never says it's hurting, the hand don't know to go get a Band-Aid but the leg can't go fetch a Band-Aid for itself. You know what I mean? 
So if all of us don't understand the working of what Jesus did and how we let Jesus flow in and through us, this place gets weaker and weaker because nobody's moving and growing strong. Too long in the church, we've seen the church as this one guy and he's the fruition of the whole thing. Listen, I am, I am one piece of it, but I am not the fruition of it. We and the kingdom at large are the fruition of God's Jesus' body. We are the body of Christ still here on the earth today. Come on now. Some of y'all are getting it. It's going to be good. He continues in verse 18 and 19. But he says, but as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Did you know God chose you to have the gifts you have? Anybody look up and you're like, man, if I was only like you, I could do something. Did you know God chose you to have the gifts you have? Did you know there's not another one of you? There's not two of you, there's one. And he designed you and he manifests in you the gift you were meant to have. Step into that. And usually it's connected with your passions already. He just redeems your passions. What's your heart? Do you just love to give? Anybody just love to give in the room? I just give. I'm, my wife is the most thoughtful, generous giver. You would never know. She's quiet. She don't want to talk in front of stage. But man, that girl thinks of gifts. And when she gives you a gift, you're like, I feel so seen and loved. If I tried to give you a gift, you would be like, what were you thinking? You crazy person. That's why we are great together. Thank you for the grace. I love you. Thank you for forgiving me so much. Like she stopped months in advance for gifts. And I'm like, I got to go to Walmart. It's a big deal. Like, uh, you know, but we're different gifts. But when she steps into her gift, man, people come alive. And when I step into my gift, people come alive and they're encouraged. But man, like I don't need to be doing her gift. And I don't need to feel bad that I don't have it. Some of y'all need to stop feeling bad that you don't have a gift that you don't have. You start receiving and understanding the gifts you do have and be encouraged in them. Step into those because when you step into them, begin to exercise, guess what gets better? This whole daggone thing gets awesome. When we start dancing together, a little bit more sweeter, you know what I mean? Come on, Chelsea, that's for you. She go give dance class later. It's gonna be good. We're going fun. You ever go to a wedding, you need to go with Chelsea. It's a good old time. Let's go. I ain't lying. That was a blast. I had a blast. It was so fun. I just think that's a sweet picture of it. I think we're standing on the background. We're looking at good dancers and we're like, man, I wish I could dance like that. But some of y'all need to be just line dance while some of y'all need to do a hip hop dance. You know what I mean? I'm just freestyling with y'all. That's fun. Like we all different. You get on the dance floor, you start moving. Who cares? It's to the same beat. Let's go. Nobody cares. We're just having a good time. And when that happens, man, the dance floor lights up, don't it? Like, it's fun. You ever go to a wedding and there's like three people out there? You're like, oh, this kind of blows. Let's get out of here, you know? But man, when everybody steps out there, we're like, oh, this is fun. I can't even dance and I have a good time, you know? I don't even care. That's what I think this is meant to be. Sweet dance with the Spirit of God. It says stay in step with the Spirit. That word literally means to stay in the dance. I love that aspect, that thought. Stay in the dance, y'all. That's not even in the notes. That's just... I think the Lord is speaking to us. 
He arranged the members as he chose. If all were a single member, where would this body be? Can you imagine a body with one member? That's a weird looking body and that's terrible, you know? I think the church has operated like that a long time. Really do. I'm in a giant foot up here. Don't even need to be talking. Kicking around some garbage. They don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why half of us have been so bored we didn't know what to do with ourselves. It should be on fire in here. It should. Because we're all moving inside of our gifts. But the whole thing don't ride on this guy. Can you imagine some, somebody following you in a church being like, man, you should come in this door a little different. You know what I mean? You guys should be drinking your coffee a little different. I just saw you talk to two people today. We do that. It's, it's okay to do that to pastors. But like, man, what... What, what about y'all pastors in the room? Some of y'all are pastors in the room. Some of y'all are shepherds in the room. And I want us to all to begin to see our unique giftings as it operates together, man. This thing comes alive and there's some fire in it. Whoop. Husband and wife, what if you begin to apply this in your own home? You begin to see your wife as gifted, y'all. Stop trying to make her like you because she's not meant to be. Hey, ladies, stop trying to make him like, he, like he's meant to be you because you you're too different. Usually I do a lot of marriage counseling and y'all are always opposites. God has a great way to do this. He's like, I'm gonna refine everybody in this. Like, boom, marriage. Really? Really? I've really only done marriage. I mean, I've done like 50 weddings now and literally every, everyone complete opposites. It's designed that way. Because where would we be without our other half? Man, I don't know where I'd be without Shan. Three years into marriage, though, I'm like, I could be anywhere without Shan. And you know what she would have said? The exact same thing. I'm so glad I stuck in it. I'm so glad. I love you so much. I'm so thankful for you. That's why the gathering is so important. So important. Hebrews 10, it tells us, hold fast to this confession of hope without wavering. Don't leave it. Stay in it. Hold on. Remember, remember. We got to fight to remember because, man, I don't want to remember this. You know what I'm saying? That's why I call some of y'all when I see them. I'm like, hey, you okay? They're like, I'm sorry. I should have been at church. I'm sorry. Don't apologize to me. Don't say so. I'm making sure you're okay for real. You got to be noticing each other. You okay? You got to see each other. You okay? Some of y'all need to start seeing other people. It's going to bring healing in your own life. For he who promised is faithful. Listen, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, as you see the day drawing near, is coming, y'all. Jesus is coming back. Let's go tell everybody. Let's go give away his love to everybody. Let's see a city turned upside down and ready for him to come back. Come on, let's go. Jesus talked about what it was gonna happen at the end in Matthew 25. And he says, the king's gonna come back and he's gonna separate this group of people and he's gonna separate them to his right and to his left. And he's gonna look and he's gonna say, hey, listen, you guys welcome into my kingdom. Welcome, 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 welcome. You know why he says welcome? Welcome because listen, what you did to the least of these, you did to me. He's gonna look over here and he's gonna say, hey guys, depart from me. Workers of lawlessness, I didn't even know you. And they're gonna go, but, 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 but hold up. Like, when did we see you? He's like, listen, like when I was in jail, you didn't come visit me. When I was hungry, you didn't bring me food. 
When I was in need, you didn't supply my need. But Jesus, when did we see you? He said, what you did not do to the least of these, my brethren, you didn't do to me. My brethren, my people, my body. Two questions for us today. One, do you discern, as you discern the body, listen, do you discern yourself as a part of Jesus today? Yourself. And you discern this, this bread. Do you discern yourself as the body of Christ today, raised with him by faith? Then listen to this. Then do you discern yourself as a part of Jesus today? Do you understand who sits next to you? A part of Jesus. Serve Jesus. Serve Jesus. You're going to come alive. You're going to find purpose that you never thought you had. As you step in and begin to follow him, more is given to you. More is added to you. More is seen. You're going to come alive and awake. Paul's teaching this. I'm almost done, y'all. Okay? We're almost done. All right. Paul's teaching this. Where the heck did Paul get this teaching? Because he said, the Lord Jesus revealed this to me, right? Where did he get this? Jump into Acts 9. And you see where he got this. But Saul, which is before Paul, his name is Saul, okay? And Saul, this is his story before Jesus, is still breathing threats. Like every word, he's breathing out death. And murder, he's breathing out murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogue, to Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Me. And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Scripture says that that Saul stood there and held jackets at the first martyr. His name was Stephen. Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, as people were hitting him with rocks, he said, I see the Lord Jesus standing at his side of his father, and he's standing. And with that, he died. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Just like Jesus. Jesus' life came out of Stephen. But Jesus doesn't say, hey, listen, you're hurting Stephen, man. You're crushing Stephen, my boy Stephen, you know? No, no, no. He united his life with Stephen and all those men and women who are being thrown into jail. He said, me. Jesus said, me. Some of you need to be reborn into the me, which is Jesus. You need to join Jesus. Some of you are looking to save yourself and you cannot. Some of you are looking for purpose. You will never find it. Some of us went to the NFL. We realized purpose ain't there, you know? Purpose is in him. But when you understand this in your life and you begin to grow in this grace, 
you find and discover purpose like you've never known it before. And it gets sweeter and sweeter. Listen to the miraculous that Psalm says about what happened when the Israelites ate the entire lamb. Psalm 105, 37, the Lord brought his people out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold. Not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. The supernatural thing that that is, you think about all different ages, even kids, elderly, going through life and a whole nation, thousands upon thousands of people, no one even stumbled. They were strong as ever through the supernatural power of the work of God because they received the body and the blood of the lamb. As you sit there today, I'm gonna ask that you would discern what we've talked about today, the body and blood of Jesus, which has brought you into right standing with him as he gave up his life for you, but not just forgave you, gave you life to become his life. Would you receive that today as you discern the body and blood of Jesus? And then when you get to the point where you're ready, if you need prayer, I'm gonna stand right here. I don't even know. If y'all need prayer, you need to do business, come, come, come here and pray. You need, you need healed in your life. You, you struggle. You wanna know Jesus. You wanna be saved today. Come, come talk to me. I'd, I'd love, during this time, we're gonna sing. I'd love to talk to you. When you're ready, receive this. If, if you just, if you wanna take this, you're like, man, I want new life. You, you can have it right now. You can have it. Jesus was that lamb for you. He died for you to have life. And if you want that, you can have it. It's not, it's not hard. Just tell Jesus you receive it. Say, I accept, I accept what you offer me, which is your life. He forgives you and he loves you. Receive that forgiveness. Bring to him everything that you are. You feel broken, bring him the brokenness and let him make wholeness to it. Just bring him everything you are, all the junk, bring it to Jesus. And all that junk was put on the cross and he became your sin who never even knew sin so that you might become the righteousness of God, the right doing of God. Receive that truth for yourself today. And if that's you, I wanna talk to you after the service, but then discern what that means for you and then receive as a symbol of that, this right here. And then let's worship the King.